The Tech Today podcast is brought to you by SSNC Technologies, a global market-leading provider of cloud-based investment accounting software services in fund administration. SSNC's AI-powered investment operations and accounting platform, Singularity, provides real-time, multi-basis accounting across a wide range of asset types with unparalleled automation and operational efficiency. Singularity is offered on a software-as-a-service basis or via smart source. SSNC's intelligent middle and back office accounting service. For more information, visit ssctech.com forward slash singularity. Welcome to the Tech Today podcast powered by CEO Raider. It's your host, John Mayetta. Check us out online at ceoraider.com. Anonymously rate your company, rate your CEO. Visit us at techtoday.com, T-E-K, number two day.com for the latest in capital markets related content. You've probably heard me on the podcast before be critical of companies on the M&A side uh, that either pay too much for acquisitions or don't do a good job of understanding the strategy that underpins the rationale for an acquisition, strategic rationale as we call it. I've been critical of companies in the past on the post-close integration side, companies that don't do a good job of, uh, for example, technology integration post-close, cross-training the sales forces, how are you going to go to market with the, with the combined company, how are you going to channel the acquired asset through uh, the installed base to get maximum leverage and things of this nature. And one of the things I'm not sure that I've talked about in the past is frothy markets like this and trying to get deals done for quality companies, and it's tough because everything's expensive. And one way around it is you know, to try to leverage your equity to the extent that uh, you know, your, your stock is, is, is richly valued. Use as much stock as you can to get a deal done to help you know, mitigate the, the impact of, of a target being richly valued, let's say. You know, so not wanting to deplete your cash store, you know, equity is a, is a way to help mitigate cash, depreci- uh, cash depletion. So I wanted to give an example. So uh, what was it last week? Roper Technologies, ticker ROP, acquired a company called Vertifor, or they announced the deal. They didn't close the deal. Vertifor plays in the PNC insurance space. It's, it's one that I got to know a little bit when I was an investment banker. It's one I took a casual look at or rather met with its former owner when I was on the corp dev side. And at that time, it was basically a, a flat revenue business with a substantial debt load. I don't remember off the top of my head, but it was private equity owned. And as of year-end calendar 2018, per a Moody's report, credit report that's out there in the public domain, Vertifor was levered at 11 times debt to EBITDA as of year-end 2018, and that was the that calculation, as detailed in the note, was if you unwound the capitalized software. But in any event, it's a it's a large debt to EBITDA multiple, 11 times. And so Roper acquired this thing. My guess is that the Vertifor is still right around flat top line, maybe you know low single digit, high single digit revenue growth at at best. And perhaps some of the debt's been paid down, but it's not like it was at two times debt to EBITDA at the time of acquisition. And they paid $5.5 billion for it. I don't know the exact revenue number, but I can tell you it's expensive. You know, Vertifor wasn't generating $3 billion of revs and a 40% EBITDA. You know, you have, you have to pay up for assets. 
at this moment. Valuations are frothy. And that's regardless of whether or not it's a, a fast-growing company or a slow-to-no-growth company like, like Vertifor. The multiples are obviously different for a fast-grower versus a, a slow-grower. But on a scale, on a, you know, on a relative basis versus you know, history for software companies over the past decade or so, valuations are rich. And what happens is when you have a, a compensation plan, an executive compensation plan like Roper, where the CEO, and I'm not sure if we've included other named execs as well, but at least for CEO Neil Hun, his comp is materially impacted by EBITDA growth. And not so much the growth rate, but, but the, absolute, the absolute dollar amount of, of EBITDA. Therefore, you're incented as a management team to go out and close deals, regardless of whether or not valuations are great, regardless of whether or not the assets great. My preference is to be opportunistic with, with M&A. Be opportunistic with your M&A strategy. If you don't see deals you love, if you don't love the valuation, if you don't love the company, don't do the deal. Sometimes the best deals are the deals that you don't do. Hold on to the cash, even if that means you're you know, building up a cash store and you may face criticism from investors. Hey, we're not paying you to be a bank. You know, I, I, I get it. But there's going to come a time when valuations aren't so rich and there will be a number of quality companies and you'll be, be able to get a deal done at a, at a better price. And that's not to say if uh, you know, the bottom falls out of the market and we're back at March 20 valuation levels again, that you can go out and bottom feed. It takes two to tango. Not every company wants to sell at the bottom. Most companies don't. But there will come a time where valuations are more sensible. But this is that conflict between executive comp and the perverse behavior it can breed in the pursuit of EBITDA growth that isn't necessarily being pursued in the best in the long-term best interest of the company but is being pursued to drive executive compensation so it's a problem it's a problem in the software industry is a problem in the capital markets period and it's it's not going to go away unless large shareholders start to do something about it it can't be just the companies the uh, the institutional investors who are, who are known as activists you, know, you can't leave it to them to change the behavior. It, it, it's got to be more of the large, sort of plain vanilla institutional investors, not necessarily go full activist on a company, uh, on, a, on, a, on a holding, but be more aggressive in voicing your opinion to the CEO. Be more aggressive in voicing your opinion to the board. It's okay to write a letter. The world's not going to blow up. You have, as a large institutional investor, you have a larger voice than you probably think you have. That's all for now. See you next time.